On this episode of Missing the Point, it's part two of our second annual NFL prediction show. And if you thought part one was something, wait till you hear this. This is Missing the Point, episode 83. But it's all relative. All right, let's move over to the uh, A. Because I keep thinking of you guys as the, as the NFC team, but you're now the AFC team. So go ahead with your AFC, whatever division you want. You don't even have to. We don't have to keep following the directions. You can just pick a division. I think we'll just do AFC South. We'll, we'll, for okay, great. Yeah, numbers. whatever. I'll just go fuck myself. Yeah. You do whatever. You <laughs> yeah, want. you. you <laughs> let me know how it feels. Uh, so the AFC. South. When I do it, it feels <laughs> fucking great. Uh, uh, so. Yeah, we'll do uh, a worst the best, Bobby. <laughs> I have the. T- Texans at five and twelve because I think that if Deshaun Watson starts all the games, he's like he's worth five wins. But this also gives us three and fourteen. Uh, do you want to put them at lower than that? Do you, do you think? Do you, do you think that? Do you think that two and fifteen is a viable option? I do. I do. That's that's what I was going to go with, man. Because honestly, if Deshaun Watson doesn't start. A game if if they end up having to go with the team, I think zero and seventeen right, so, so, is a viable yeah. game that could happen. Not yet, right? Not yet, right? So I think two is the way to go. So, two is the way to so go. So how about four and thirteen? Because it covers two and it covers five. Okay. okay. All right. Fine. That's fine. All right. Jaguars. I had them at six and eleven, which I think is a really good year for them. Which also covers four and thirteen or eight and nine if if they get really good. I, I, I think. Listen, I think Urban Meyer is, is a shitty human being, and he's not that great of a, uh, of a coach. I think he's going to be humbled, but I do think Trevor Lawrence is that good. And I, I think he could justify four or five wins uh, by himself. So I, I feel pretty confident at 6-11, and 11, but Bobby, if you object, we can debate that. No, nah, I'm okay with 6-11. and 11. The only thing that scares me is ETN going out today, but yeah, Lawrence is a different maker. I'm okay with 6-11. and 11. All right. Colts, I have them at nine and eight, and I think so. Like Wentz, he's he, he's a huge question mark. Like, does he play the entire season? Does he not? He's kind of like Dak. Like he has this weird injury, right? You know what I mean? And, but however, I would just say that pairing of of Frank Wright and and Carson Wentz has been pretty beneficial for them. So I think nine and eight puts us in a position to to cover ourselves for an eleven and six year. But if the bottom falls out, I think the worst that they will be would be seven and ten. It's weird saying that, isn't it? Yeah, um, it, it sounds weird. Yeah, uh, yes, I, I shockingly completely agree with that assessment. Love that. Okay, nine fifty four p.m. on August twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. Bobby agrees with Mike. Write it down. We have uh, the, uh, the the division winners of the AFC South coming in as the Tennessee Titans. I think with the addition of Julio Jones, obviously with, with Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill is playing out of his mind since going to Tennessee. I think that is a huge uh, – th- that's, re- that's a really good team. Their defense is pretty suspect, but I feel pretty confident having them at, at 11-6. That's what I had them at, Bobby. That gives us 13-4 and four if, if, if they do finish that way. W- what did you think? Yeah. 
I, I almost want to go up one. I had them at 12 and 5, just for the fact that I do think it's possible that this team just is a wagon this year because of how good they were last year. They added Julio, who is better than Chris Davis. Yeah, they lost Janu, but Julio is a whole different element to that offense, man. If, if Julio is healthy and you have Julio, AJ Brown, and Derrick Henry, like there is literally nothing you can do. My question would be, do you think that they're going to win more than 14 games? I think they could win 14 games. But they're not But they're not going to win less than 10. That's that's where I'm at. They're not going to win less than 10. All right. All right. So, so 12 and 5. 12 and 5. 12 and 5 is where I want to go. Perfect. We'll, we'll settle there. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I guess this is a question I want to ask, and I'll use it as a transition to kick it over to the NFC team. Deshaun Watson, obviously we follow that entire – very unpleasant series throughout the entirety of last season. He obviously didn't want to be a Texan anymore. Has what we would consider all the leverage in the world up until what's looking like some pretty serious criminal charges coming his way. That will probably eliminate any, if not all of the leverage that he has in negotiating. Um, You know, there's been rumors of him still getting traded to Miami. It's going to be a pretty cut price deal at this point, you know, if you thought the Texans were going to lose out on his value before, they're definitely going to do it now. But then you ask yourself, like, do, do you want him to stay on the team? Because like these charges, like they're in grand jury mode right now. They're probably going to become criminal charges. And there's a chance, I'm not saying it's a good chance, but there's a chance he never takes another stab, snap in the NFL. What's he worth right now would be my first question. And secondly, who... We know the fans in Houston have lost. So we're, we don't have to do winners and losers with them. Whatever happens, they lose. But who... How do the Texans as an organization intelligently recover from everything that's happened with Deshaun Watson? Ray, I'll start with you. I mean, they, they have the draft row, right? Like people are not flocking to come to Houston for football, right? Like obviously you got more people that may come to the Rockets organization in basketball, but yeah, people are not flocking to Nick Casario, whoever, like they have to really draft well. And I'm not sure the coach they have there is a David Cully, I think is his name. Like he's already, he's like 66 years old. Like bro, he's not the future. Like he's probably not going to make it past the season. So they have to start over is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, keep, keep, yeah, keep rebuilding, keep drafting well. And just to add to, I know you said Miami was in there. I think uh, Philadelphia is also another option. Uh, for Deshaun Watson as well. That was kind of, uh, I think that's something what do you get for him at this point? What do you get? I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it would have been Jalen Hurts in the deal. I don't think Philadelphia is going to do that. I think they'd be dumb to do that, but Jalen Hurts would have to be in the deal. If I'm, if I'm Houston, like I'm not giving you Deshaun Watson, even at a, at a lesser value, if I'm not getting Jalen Hurts back in the deal. Um, so I think that to me would have to be the, uh, that would have to be the start for, for me, but yeah, I mean, I'll respond because we talked about that record. Obviously, yeah, I agree with Mike about them being five or twelve. I was just laughing at the twenty fifteen. I'm just like, if Deshaun Washington's on the field, there's no way. I just don't <laughs> know if he's gonna be. No, I know. No, I'm saying that's why I wasn't laughing at the point. I was laughing like, I'm like, there's no way. Like, if he's on the field, like, like you said, he's at least gonna get you five or six, at least because he, he's he's that good. So, but yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe he doesn't play. But I just, but to answer your question without going. Uh, going way left. They they just said they have to dress well in order for them to be successful. He saw that happen in New England. Um, obviously it was different because we had the best quarterback of all time. But you did have a top five quarterback, or you do, but it's like you may not have it after these Chargers, you know, file completely. So yeah, just keep building through the draft, man, and, and just see what happens. Hopefully that you hit. 
it's one of those situations where there's like 87 charges, you know, and like someone that someone's done like really something wrong. They're like 1800 counts of and you're like, oh, fuck, <laughs> that's a lot of counts. right. Right. Well, exactly. Yeah. That's, it's like, <laughs> so like I, that, never, that never goes well. I'm going to the impression that he's not coming back until someone this season until tell someone that. tells me differently, man. Like my prospect is I don't even know who the starting quarterback for the I, Houston I Taylor. Is. Taylor. So he just backed himself into another starting job. Yeah, right. But it also does, and I, don't, I hope I'm not stealing DK's thunder. So if I am, uh, you can cut this out and make it seem like I've got plenty of thunder to go around, bud. Gotcha. Okay. Isn't it weird, though, that we've gotten to, you know, to August and he's not on the exempt list? I don't think it's weird. And here's why I, it came out this week that two of the allegations were now being investigated by the FBI. I, I think that is what's going to now spark. I mean, I, I can tell you, I can't tell you for sure, but I, I would imagine that he's on the phone with the league office at least once a week if he's picking up their calls, because apparently he wasn't picking up Nick Casario's calls, but apparently Nick Casario wasn't picking up anybody's calls. So I, I think, Dave, that the Houston Texans are an absolute shit show and that owner down there who is a piece of work himself needs to sell that team and be invested or at least be investigated by the NFL. I think they need to do to him what they did to the, uh, who was the old Clippers? Darling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they need to do the same thing to McNair. I, I honestly, I think they need to do that to a lot of these old white guys that own these professional sports teams. Uh, Cause there's a lot of, a lot and Robert Kraft probably included. So, uh, and John Henry, if we can get him out, that'd be great. Uh, but point, but, but back to Houston, uh, Dave, I'm with you. I don't think Deshaun Watson plays a snap this year. I think Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans in week one. Uh, Ray, I think he goes on the exempt list soon. He's already listed as the third or fourth quarterback on the depth chart, Mike, right? And is that, isn't that what you had mentioned? Yeah. So, so I mean, it, but on that note, apparently the, the like some uh, top 100 rankings came out and he made like 18th. I can't remember if it was like ESPN or NFL.com or something. Maybe it might have been NFL.com. It makes more sense for the story. He came in like 18th, like top 100, Deshaun Watson. And apparently the NFL was like, uh, yeah, take that shit out. <laughs> so like, I don't know. They're not wrong. He is a very good football player. Apparently not a very good human being. And Mike and I had this discussion back when all of this came out and it was... You know, let's see what comes out, because there was the conversation that this could be uh, a plant by McNair to to get him. To I think that ship is sailed. No, I, I, I like that grand, grand fraud at this point. Yeah, no, no, no. And that's what I mean is I'm, I'm <laughs> just just going through the thought process and, and where we were when this first came out. And, you know, I've already made Mike have one heart attack tonight. I think I made him have two with the Tom Brady comments as well. But the third one is, is that Mike was completely right about the situation. He, he hit the nail on the head. Deshaun Watson, I'll, I'll throw it out there now. He doesn't play a snap in 2021. Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback. I think Houston needs to rebuild from the bottom up. The only good thing about that organization is apparently the stadium right now. I think David Cully, as Ray said, he's not the long-term answer. They're just trying to band-aid everything until they can figure out what the hell's going on. I think you guys have them too high. I really do. Uh, I just think that team is so bad. I think they win three games. 
They could potentially win zero games. <laughs> they could. They could. And and I also think not if not if, not if Deshaun takes snaps like Ray said. If he gets, you know, he's he guarantees you dubs if he does play. But uh, anyway, I wanted to ask you guys about the Jags, but we've gone on too long in this division. I will say that the Houston Texans being bad, I always think about what Bobby kept saying last season, which is like two or three seasons ago. Now they were like up against the Chiefs by how many? Like three touchdowns. I don't even remember the scoreline. And then they went from that. You know, they went from that to like the comeback win for the Chiefs to where are we now? Where are we now? They're uh, they're really, really bad. Okay, moving back over to the AFC team. What division do you guys want to talk about next? Well, we'll go with the NFC. Uh, NFC, and, sorry. And we'll do the, uh, we'll go with the NFC. Yay. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm deciding how I want to approach this. Do we just want to tell them where we started, the, where we have the Bears finishing, uh, right? Nope, top, top. We're going from bottom to top like we did before. We're going to make them wait for it. All right, we're going to make them wait for it. We're going to go from the bottom to the top. Uh, Dan Campbell's Detroit Lions are going to be bad. Uh, Ray, I'm changing what I had in there. I think they finished four and 13. I'm, I'm okay with that because they're not going to be good. Jared Goff is it's a joke. Yeah, I, I definitely think Jared Goff is a joke, and I, I don't uh, I don't want to say a joke. He did pretty well in L.A., and I think he did fine with McVay, but I think that's McVay knows because McVay knows how to coach an NFL team. I think Dan Campbell is a motivator. I think he's a guy that's going to make guys run through walls, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, and, and, and bite kneecaps. Those walls. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, right, exactly, and bite kneecaps and claw and scratch. I mean, he's going to say all the right things. They're going to be weird things. Uh, but I four and thirteen for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I mean, let's see. Yeah, they're, they're going to be bad. Uh, next, you know, the, the Minnesota Vikings just got them going eight and nine. Listen, they, they're going to be mediocre. I mean, I know they signed Patrick Peterson. I forget someone else they signed in the offseason, but obviously, you know, it all went downhill after after training Stephon Diggs last year. You know, Kirk Cousins is, and his is, brother. Is, yeah, and yeah, oh yeah, and his brother. Sorry, and his brother's right. <laughs> Uh, he actually had a pretty good uh, play against DK Metcalf last year. I remember that, but uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, I was actually watching the highlight earlier. But yeah, so um, no, I mean Minnesota's the middle of the pack type of team. You know, once again, they're uh, a couple years ago they're in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> you know, get blown out by Philadelphia, and then it's like you don't hear from them. You know, really since then. So yeah, I mean, I just don't think they're gonna be. That good, and like I said, Kirk, as long as Kirk Cousins is their quarterback, they're not going to really uh, do well. So, anything you're going to add to that, Joe? Yeah, I, I, Kirk Cousins is. I mean, Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer, the head coach, Mike Zimmer. Uh, I, I think, I think they could be okay. Uh, that's why we have them at eight and nine. I think seven and ten is more realistic, but I think eight and nine, just in case something funky happens. Uh, in this division, which which could, depending on what happens with Aaron Rodgers, uh, what's the deal in Chicago? Is it Fields? And D- Dave, I understand, but let me finish the sentence. Is, is it Fields? I, is it <laughs> I, I can tell it would come based on what I'm going to say. I could hear your voice. Uh, is it, it actually now I can hear Mike's? Uh, is it Fields? Is it Dalton? You know, it, there, there's a lot of things that could go on. Plus, the Vikings drafted Kellen Mond in the third round, which was a guy that that uh, Ray and I had coming to New England, uh, or at least wanted Kellen Mond possibly to come here. You know, I, I mean, they're not a they're not a bad team. They're they're really not. If Dalvin Cook can stay healthy, uh, you have Amir Abdullah to back him up. They're uh, they have Justin Jefferson, who is arguably. A, a top three receiver in the NFL. So they have the pieces to be good. But but that said, the team right above them, I think, can take them to the cleaners 
in both matchups between these two teams, as long as number one is starting and not number 14, and that's the Chicago Bears, uh, who we have finishing at 10 and 7. I think Matt Nagy has a new lease on life with what they did in the draft this year. Uh, Your GM there, uh, Dave, did a very nice job in the draft. They've done all the right things and said all the right things coming into the season. And if nothing else, Justin Fields has two quarterbacks who are seasoned veterans behind him, if he is the starter, uh, who are making pretty good money to be there, to groom him. Because you can't say that Andy Dalton and Nick Foles have had bad careers. They've had good careers. You know, Andy Dalton... Though he didn't make the playoffs much in his career, he did he did play well in Cincinnati. So uh, I think ten and seven is good for Chicago. I think that defense is the most fearsome part of that team. Uh, as long as they don't, as long as Ryan Pace doesn't take any calls for uh, Khalil Mack, which apparently he got this week, uh, which I want to know what that trade package was that he said no to. But ten and seven is a good spot for them. Yeah, the first thing I want to say before I get into anything is it's three words. Protect that man. There's no way in a preseason or even a regular season game that Justin Fields should have took the hit that he took. Uh now but now was it now was it dirty? It was a dirty hit too, in my opinion. It was dirty. Yeah. Well, it was dirty. It, I mean, it was a little too hard for a fucking preseason tackle. Let's be honest here. You know, like that. Oh, dude welcome to the NFL. Right? He's trying to make the team though. He's trying to make that. I get that. Hit him. Jesus Christ, if you're trying to make the team, you know, like that shoot that's getting called i feel like in a regular season game so like a little discipline goes a long way for sure but i, I either way protect that man like that i i saw that i was like wow like you're getting smacked and you let your quarterback just get just annihilated like that that was that was nasty but anyways yeah i mean listen defense is going to keep them in the game obviously and then addition by subtraction right you add just the fields um, you get rid of uh, of Mitchell Trubisky, you know, like that. That alone should be a difference in itself. I saw some great passes from Fields in in these, in these couple of games so far. So yeah, I'm excited to see what he does. Listen, man, like, and Chicago already made that mistake where they put that tweet of Andy Dalton saying QB one. Listen, you got ahead of yourselves. Num- number one, QB one is number one. You know, from the Ohio State University, <laughs> from Atlanta, Georgia. Justin Fields. That's the guy. <laughs> let let him take over the reins from day one. Like it's cool. You have nothing to lose. Like just let him be the guy. Let him be the let him be the guy at Chicago and become the new monsters in midway. Like that. That's what has to happen there. Um. So like I said, but like I said, Chicago should be good. Ten to seven. Like I said get gets you in the playoffs. We believe. Like I said we'll talk about that at the end. But uh, last but well uh, not least we have him and first. And I said this last year. I know I know Dave and I had to go back and forth about this, but. I'll say this, you know, he's unhappy. As long as number 12 is in that division, it is his to lose point blank period. Unhappy and not the, the man balls. <laughs> like he, he, he just shows up. So we got them going 11 to six. Now, obviously, I know they, you know, they didn't make any splashes. In the I know they brought back, um, you know, his, his former running mate and Randall Cobb or whatever, but who was really a solid one. So he didn't, he did nothing in Dallas or in, in Houston. But I mean, listen, if, if he's motivated to show another team, meaning Aaron Rodgers, what he still has left and still wants to play another two or three years, then he's going to do what, he always, what he's always done in that division. And that's dominate. So, you know, their defense has to get, you know, has to play well whatever, but I mean, the team has been to back NFC championship games. So, I mean, they're doing something right over there on the Matt LaFleur, but you know, they, they just got to get over the hump. So, but like I said, we got Green Bay winning that division at, at 11 6. 
Yeah, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers had a career year last year. Maybe we should have given this division back to Mike so he could say that they'd finish last again and Aaron Rodgers would flame out uh, because <laughs> he uh, because we could probably we could possibly do the exact opposite to him this year by having them finish first in this division. But I think you're right, Ray. As long as uh, Rodgers is in this division, I hope he's okay. I I I think he for lack of a better term, dragged there we go. the organization, specifically Brian uh, Brian Gutenkunst, the uh, the general manager, through the mud this offseason uh, with his with his moves, and and that's that to me is the X factor. Is what what can the GM do in the offseason for this organization? Because Matt Lafleur has done very well with what he has. Aaron Rodgers has done very well with what's been given to him. I mean, he's again he he's not Tom Brady, right, Mike? We've talked about that, but. He's got a good team around him. Randall Cobb is a shell of himself, but he still has Devontae Adams. Uh, I mean, honestly, his wide receiving core, besides Devontae Adams and Marquez uh, Valdez-Scantling, it's going to be tough. Um, tight ends, Robert Tanyan, he's good. So, I mean, he's got three viable targets uh, out wide. And then, uh, of course, Aaron Jones in the backfield. So, I think the offense is good enough. I think the defense is good enough. We, we um, forgot one guy, though. Who's that? It, the guy from Boston College, A.J. Dillon. Oh, A.J. Dillon. Yeah, yeah. I, think he, yeah. I think he's going to be awesome. Mr. Thighs? Mr. Thighs, yeah, Mr. Thighs. <laughs> Talk about thunder. <laughs> I met him in person two years ago. I'll tell you what. He's not very tall, but the, the legs are every Yeah, yeah. They also have Equinemius <laughs> St. Brown uh, as a wide receiver. So That's um, a cool name. Yeah, that's the only reason I wanted to say it. So, yeah, uh, that rounds out the NFC North. Yeah, I mean, all, all pretty fair. I disagree with everything vehemently. No. <laughs> the Bears are going 17-0. and 0, I don't know if Mike's going to say it this year because he got so burned last year, which, like, it actually, you know, a lot of what he said, albeit controversial, did sort of turn out to be true. During that that uh, show, so give Mike a little credit there. I'll say it: Aaron Rodgers is gonna fucking flame out this year. Fuck the Green Bay Packers. If he uh, if he doesn't have when he runs out of shit to blame for only having one Super Bowl but having the talent to have four, uh, you're gonna see what you're about to see, which is this upcoming season. I mean, you know, he bitches until he gets Mike McCarthy fired. He gets Mike McCarthy fired, and then he goes, "I don't have enough control here. I I, I should be I should have more input into like what's going on." It's like they're giving you everything you fucking want. Then he gets punked, right, in the offseason by being like, oh, no, eventually he's like, oh, no, I'm totally going to stick around, whatever. It's like, yeah, dude, like you're always going to fucking stick around. You had like zero fucking leverage. They're not going to be good this year. They've got some talented players, but I just don't, I don't think, and even if they are, even if they are good in the regular season, you know what's going to happen? He's going to fuck up in the playoffs like he always does. Like unless he has Jay Cutler to like, purposefully throw to the other team, hurt his fucking leg and then cry on the sidelines. He's not making it to a Super Bowl. Like he needs help from other teams to make it to a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers can absolutely suck a dick. They're not going to be good. Um, this seems really Wait, wait, yeah, yeah. it seems really specific and like that hurts. <laughs> yeah, it does. 
it hurts hurts a lot actually i remember that night i remember that night i got blackout on vodka i was screaming bears defense at the commercials in between the game and uh when jay cutler got on that bike and like was clearly like looked done i like blacked out put a hole in our wall in smoking he's smoking a butt on the fucking cigarette bike and then then went to sleep thanks for saying what you said about justin fields i said it right when we drafted him should be qb1 absolutely should be qb1 i agree and i'll use this as an opportunity to kick it over to the reactions of the other team yes of course justin fields can be qb1 like the only thing i really vehemently disagreed with that you guys were saying was that andy dalton had any semblance of a good career because he absolutely did not he sucks absolute nut sacks but like but like listen i mean like when you're the qb of the cincinnati bengals and you're andy dalton you're none of my fucking business okay you can be mediocre in the city of cincinnati all you want Coming to Chicago and this absolute PR fucking nightmare that they put themselves in by being like, no, we told Andy it was our QB one because that fucking visor wearing pussy won't just call Justin Fields, the the number one quarterback in Chicago. Like everybody knows he is. And like you said, we're going to be so forgiving of him. Well, like Justin Fields can do no wrong this season. Like there's nothing he can do that Bears fans won't argue with for like, well, I'll go to bat for him on anything and on any kind of performance. So my question to you, Mike, let's say, because you were about to say something is, uh, how many games do the Bears lose with Andy Dalton before Justin Fields starts? Well, so a couple of things. Uh, Number one, just to do a callback to the show that you and I last did, I think you had Andy Dalton starting four games, losing all four. Of them. Wasn't happy about it. Yeah, just, right. Yeah. And, and, but then, but then Justin Field goes eleven and two, so they 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 finally you know that they they finished at eleven and six. Uh, not for nothing though, Dave. Like I get it. Dalton's not the greatest. <laughs> Andy Dalton has more playoff appearances in his career in Cincinnati than your Chicago Bears do in uh, in, in in this decade or in this millennium. Right, so he can get you there, but like maybe you don't want him to start. I get it though. But Justin Fields, listen, it hurts. are you making the argument that Andy Dalton's a good quarterback? Because like- it, no, it, it just hurts me. It hurts me that Justin Fields is there. Justin Fields should be the guy. If he starts seventeen games, the Bears should not win less than twelve. That, that's how I feel. We also have like the hardest strength of schedule of any team. By the way, doesn't matter. That. But that's. I mean, that's- can, can I remind you guys that so last year. Dak, Dak snaps his ankle in half, right? I'm like, okay, all right, all right. You know what? Andy Dalton, you know, he's not that bad. But, bro, those three games with Andy Dalton were some of the toughest fucking football I've ever watched in my life. He had C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and fucking Amari Cooper and Zeke. And he couldn't do shit with them. Like, I hear what you're saying, but again, for callback purposes, your quote, and I do quote you, they were on their way to two and four, negates whatever you're about to say because they were a terrible <laughs> team. On their way to two and four. Super Bowl, baby. It was three and four. Mm-mm. To get it right, it was three and four. I, hang on, I have a oh, wait a second, Dave. wait a second. No, wait, wait a second. <laughs> Andy... I, I'm just I'm, I'm agreeing with Andy Dalton is not is not a number one quarterback. He will never be a number one quarterback again. He may have been in Cincinnati, but he is not that anymore. I'm telling you, if he couldn't win with CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, then he's not going to win with uh, Alan Robinson, Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller. Not to I mean, hate on wide receivers. About the wide receivers he had in, C- in Cincinnati, for God's sake. Right. That's but like I'm just saying, like, it, it's such a different contrast man justin fields has to be this number one quarterback. he's not gonna be he has first, to be at least the first game he's not gonna he, be and dalton's look terrible in this preseason too there's no way you can look at that dallas team last year bobby and honestly think that 
whether it was it, there, there was really three quarterbacks in the league that could have saved that team uh, from what was going on. And one of them had a snapped ankle and was already on your team. The other one was in Tampa and the other one is, it was probably in Seattle. So the point, my point is the the issues in Dallas last year were a, mo- a lot more deep seated than Andy Dalton. And, and, and you and I both know that because they couldn't, one, they couldn't hold on to the football. And that wasn't an Andy Dalton problem. That was a Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott problem. Yeah, but Andy Dalton was bad. Like Andy oh, Dalton you're, played you're, bad. You're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. When you watch a quarterback, you know a bad quarterback. And I'm telling you, when you when that man dropped back in the pocket, he had a clean pocket. And I have never been less confident in a clean pocket quarterback in my entire life. I was he like, oh, shit, here he we fails go. The eye test, he fails the eye test harder than anybody. And like you can make arguments about his record in certain places. His he spent his whole career with such a luxurious receiving core, dude, and like he couldn't do dick with it. Like except well, for like Mike said, get to the playoffs and then flame out. And like you know, at the end of the day, it's just like it's a no brainer. It's an absolute no brainer to start Justin Fields, which is exactly why they're not going to. Okay, we have to move on. As much as I could talk, as much as I could talk about this all Dave, night. When they when they signed when they signed Andy Dalton and said QB one, because I, I remember the day that that happened. I remember texting you about it. I remember your reaction to it. And they basically called him QB one at that point. Do you think that they knew they were going to do what they did in the draft and get just of course not? Of course not. Okay. Definitely not. There's no way. I, I mean, I, does anyone disagree with me? Like they don't, they no, obviously saw an opportunity. I just wanted to hear you say it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, they obviously saw an opportunity, like the way the draft worked out. Um, they saw an opportunity and they took it credit to pace for doing the same thing that he did with Trubisky, but doing it right this time, not trading as much away and like getting more value for it. Clearly. I also don't know if they anticipated how excited Bears fans were going to be about Justin Fields. And I also don't know how much they anticipated how good he was going to look in preseason and how much better he was going to look in preseason than Andy Dalton. So now, I mean, if you're Matt Nagy, like, dude, just take the easy wins, bro. Like Justin Fields, don't be too clever for your own good, but that's what he always does. He's always trying to be too clever for his own good. I believe in Andy. You're going to hear him say, I believe in Andy. I believe in Andy. He's the the leader of this offense. So you're going to hear all these fucking platitudes that Matt Nagy likes to say. It's incredibly frustrating. Somebody find him the rest of his hat. We're out of time. We got to move on back to the, uh, we got to move on over back to the AFC team. Do your last division. AFC North. I just want to, I just want to say this at the beginning. Like I've never met you, but I, I do love you, Leah. I'm sorry for what you're about to hear. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, worst to best, I have the Bengals at six and eleven. I just don't think that they can. Uh, they, they cannot protect Joe Burrow. They do, they just can't do it. And you know, based on an Instagram story that went viral today, I don't know that Jamar Chase is going to start. Uh, there was the, well. so like uh, if for those of you that don't know, uh, his girlfriend who was pregnant. Posted on her Instagram story that uh, you're, you know, you're kind of a pussy for putting your hands on a pregnant woman. So if that's true, they'll investigate, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure he won't start all games. NFL, they don't really care about how men treat women, so they'll probably only miss like four games. Uh, but again, I'll say six and eleven that that gives us eight, nine, Bobby, or four and and thirteen. Are we okay with that? Yeah, I had my five, but I'm I'm okay with six because it's right there. So yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that's cool. Next, I believe that the last four games of the season that you saw last year were the real Pittsburgh Steelers, not the eleven and zero. It it was the one and three. That being said, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers finishing at seven and ten 
this year because I think Big Ben is a fraud. I think he's at the end of his career. I, I don't think he can avoid a pass rush. I, I, he can't buy any more time. And for, for that, that in and of itself, I have them at 7 and 10. Bobby, do you disagree? Again, th- that's 9 and 8 or it's 5 and 12? Yeah, so surprisingly, I actually had them better than 7 and 10. I, I had them at 9 and 8. Uh, strictly for Najee Harris, I think – when you have Pittsburgh with a actual running back who can come in and handle the, the workload, unlike James Conner, it's a whole different team. That being said, everything you just said about Big Ben is one hundred percent correct. So uh, let's go eight. Let's go eight and nine. Eight nine. Eight yeah. and nine. All right. Edge our bets. So I, finishing second in the division. Wait, can I ask you something real quick about the Steelers? Yeah. Is, can't you apply the same logic you apply to the Patriots as you can to the Steelers? Like they have so many weapons on offense that isn't a quarterback. I mean, I don't agree with it because I agree actually. But Big Ben's done, and like I think he's going to fall off an even bigger cliff this year. But couldn't you apply that same logic where it's like they have all these weapons? Couldn't they make it work? Yeah. I, I, so, or is the quarterback position just too important? I, I, I think. <laughs> I love you, DK. That the, that the head coaching position in New England is far is far and away better than the head coaching position in, in Pittsburgh, and I also think that, uh, that that they are stronger on both sides of the ball. I, I think that Pittsburgh has relied too heavily on Big Ben. Najee Harris is great, but my concern is is that if they give him, let's say, what do you think, probably like 150 carries in the season? No, it's two. He's the feature. It's sure. two, he's a 250. He's 250. Then they could wear him out if they be. If they, they become might. a one-dimensional one offense, Ben Roethlisberger is fucked. And that entire offense is fucked because he's not good enough anymore to, to pull them away from that. Yeah, agreed. I mean, they're getting a lot of players back on defense, though, you know, that, that, were, that were out last year. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it might be Swiss cheese. You're, but... Hey, hey, you're a good boyfriend, DK. Yeah, you're a good boyfriend. Trying. I mean, I'm not sure how much I want to die on this. Fiance. 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 Yeah, yeah, I'm a better also, boyfriend than I was. I'm a better fiance than I was boyfriend. I also I think boyfriend. that they they had the third easiest schedule this year, and they had the sixth hardest. Uh, they had the third easiest last year, and the sixth hardest th- this year. So, well, that that will actually put to the test that argument we were having last year was it strength of schedule or wasn't yep. it? And I think you're you're probably right. I mean, I don't know how hard I can die on this hill again this season, but I do agree that Big Ben is like every season he seems to get like marginally worse. But anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Last team. Winner of the winner of this team. No, 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 no. The second to the last team is the Ravens. I, I have them at eleven and six. Bobby, do you disagree? That puts them at either thirteen and four or nine and seven. I actually had the I had them exactly at eleven and six as well. I I love Lamar this year. I think all those things that you saw last year, everyone was questioning him on all those I think he's gonna fix that this year. Uh, I really like Sammy Watkins in Baltimore. I think he's the best wide receiver option he's had consistently. He's going to have Hollywood Brown and – well, actually, Hollywood might be out now. But he's going to have Watkins, Hollywood Brown. He's going to have more options this year. I like Baltimore this year. So the reason that, that we have them at 11-6 and six is I, I think just collectively we don't believe that the receiving core will stay healthy enough through the, through the yeah. course of the year for them to win more than 11 games. But I think 11 games is perfect. Uh, and then we have I, I have the uh, the Browns at twelve and five. I I, 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 I need to rebut. Uh, so I I have them. You are better. rebutting your own teammate. I have them much. I know I have them much better than twelve and five. And I'll tell you why. I was looking through their schedule, man. I think so. I'm not saying this means they're overrated, but I think that they're the Steelers of this year. I think the Browns are the last undefeated team in the league, 
And I think the Browns last until they're by week. Just to be clear, undefeated. if you think that the, the Steelers of this year, the Steelers were eleven and zero, then finished twelve and four. So that would be right no, in line I, with us. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, the last undefeated team. I, I knew that would take that. Way. But so I think they're the last undefeated team this year, and I think they get to fourteen. So. Oh, wait a minute. So, 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 so let's hedge. Let's hedge. Like you said, 12, let's go 13. Because I really do think that they get to weeks. I, I think they're going to be undefeated for a long time. I think Cleveland's going to be that team that everyone's going to be looking at come week 12. Like, oh, my God, are the Cleveland Browns really going to go on? No, they're not. I think but, they're going to I think they're going to lose week one. But I, I, I think that there's a chance that they are 12 and 5, 13 and 4. So we'll, we'll do 13 and 4 just because we, we are amicable on the side. Right. Yeah, I mean, seriously, you guys are. <laughs> I've always said that if you guys, if your friendship ever broken up, you'd be like, it'd be as sad as Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens breaking up. But if it did break <laughs> up, it would be, it would go the way that Chris Owens, <laughs> Kevin Owens, and Chris Jericho did, where Mike would just end up beating Bobby to death. <laughs> uh, but all right, why are the Browns so good? Why are they good? I don't even know if they're so good. I just listen past the Chiefs in Week One. There's nothing on that schedule that scares me. And if they get past that week one game. But you think they're, they're going to beat the Chiefs. I do think that there's a chance they That's beat the Chiefs week mind. one. That's out of your mind. 100%. Listen, it's week one. It right? is week one. Listen, the, the Jaguars beat the Colts week one for their only win of the season last year. Was Patrick Mahomes their quarterback? No, but hey, it's week no, one. Gardner Minshew was Anything the happen. quarterback of all time. Listen, if, if they can get by that week one game, man, they had the Chiefs in that. At an AFC Championship game, granted, they didn't win, but they had them. Just for the third annual portion of this show for next year, just remember that I said that. The, the- Listen, you said the Detroit Lions were going to win the division last year. All right, that's less blasphemous. That, that division was he, he, he screwed up that division. I did call <laughs> that the Browns will lose Week One. You said that they're going to be the last undefeated team in the league. Just remember that. I will. Do they play Monday night? Because they still could be. Uh, so I was going to say while Mike was going through the first three teams, I completely agree. I still completely agree with Mike. Uh, Bobby threw a few things in there that I just have to put a, an asterisk next to and say, all right, I can't fully agree with the craziness of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but I, uh, I'm, I have nothing to rebut. I think you guys nailed the AFC North. Well, I, I mean, I, I do, obviously. I'm flipping Baltimore and Cleveland. Like, I'm not – I'm listen, I know Cleveland was good towards the end of the year, and they ended up beating uh, Pittsburgh in the playoffs. That was a great game. It was awesome to see that. You know, to still Dave's line, dying on the hill. I'm dying on the Lamar Jackson hill. Sorry. Like, I'm riding with that guy until the wheels fall off. Like, Can't throw. That's fine. Ne- ne- neither can you, but here we are. But uh, – <laughs> I'm not a quarterback. I'm not a quarterback. <laughs> you know, it's fine. E- either way. Lamar Jackson, I'm, I'm dying on that hill. I think that he he gets better. Him and Mark Andrews have a really good connection. Hollywood Brown needs to get better. Um, like I said, Sammy Watkins is there. You know, J.K. JK Domas is, 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 to me, is a really good young running back. So they have pieces there in Baltimore that should have them competing. And to me, I think that if Lamar and them are on and healthy, they should ease, they should definitely win this division. For yeah, sure. let me just ask you a question, Ray, before you go, Joe. Sorry. What did you see out of Lamar Jackson in that playoff game against Buffalo that leads you to believe that he can be an elite quarterback in the NFL? Because I didn't see anything. I, no, I mean, I, I, but I forgot that we weren't allowed to have bad games. That, that, that's what I'm saying. He, he had a bad game. Great. His, well, he's he, he he's always had bad games when, when, when it counts. Always. We're not talking about the playoffs, Mike. We're talking about the regular season. 
Yeah, does that mean it will always continue? Is that, is that what you're saying? Are you, are you predicting that's always going to happen? Because I'm not. That's what I'm saying. You're saying that based on what you've seen, there's no reason to think that. But I'm thinking, well, okay, he he he's shown from year to year that he can get better. Now, obviously, last year he did take a step back. So when, when, when has he shown that? What do you mean? The, the man demands one. He's, he's already won MVP. Like, he's Great. shown that he can play in his league. Yeah, but so he's, you, not, he's you, not a scrub. <laughs> you, like, you said that year after year he's shown that he can get better, but last year he took a step back. No, I no. That's what I'm saying. I, I I messed up in that part, but I'm saying the man's already won MVP. So to, to say that he cannot get back to that level or be better to me is insane. Just because of what we saw last year. Last year was unlike a year that we've ever seen across the league. That's that's all I'm saying. So to think that he can't get back to the MVP level, you believe he's peaked? I don't. That's just where we. That's where we disagree on. That's fine. But I think that he can still play um, at an elite level. And the NFC, the AFC North. And the rest of the league is going to find out what I already firmly believe about him is that he could play and he could play at a very high level. I just think he's a poor, he's just a poor man's Michael Vick. Okay. I mean, that's, he's actually better than Vick already, but I, no, I, I, I got stop, you. Stop it. He's definitely better than Michael Vick already. No, we, stop it. Well, maybe if we took out the dogfighting part, we would have known and had No, I'm talking on the field. We're not talking about that. That's the on the field. On the field. No. Well, right. But had he not done that, he probably would have been on the field a lot longer at a higher level. I disagree with Ray that, that the Browns are going to be overtaken by the Ravens, but because he's my teammate, I will defend him and say that he can absolutely get back to that great level job so far <laughs> because because you're because you are using a similar argument for the 2020 season for Cam Newton as Ray is using for Lamar Jackson. Boom. Well, I don't know if that was boom, but I will say uh, we start, we had a little, we had a little, we had a little meeting before the uh, the show tonight. You know, it's been a year since we started the show. Just wanted to do a little check-in. And I was saying, you know, guys, we we really went at each other kind of hard last (laughs) season. We were watching the NFL and, I got pretty heated from time to time. I think we can take the lessons that we learned from our fun basketball discourse over the course of the NBA season to uh, really come into this football year and, and just really treat each other with kindness and respect. And uh, But I forget, it's football talk. And football talk, I guess, with um, missing the point, is this is just how it's going to be. So I hope we're all still together by the end of the season. Best of luck. Best of luck. That's my, all was, that's my bad. I we, started with the Cam no, Newton talk. Okay. We do yeah, love each other. You know what? I love Ray. Bobby, Bobby and I. I love Ray. Ray loves Bobby. We all love Craig. Mike just loves no one. So the fourth wall. Love you. I mean, again, I, 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 the last two, the last, you know, the, the Mike and, and Bobby, I don't want them to break up, but I really don't want uh, Ray and, and, and Mike to break up. That'd be like Edge and Christian, especially since they look like those guys so much. <laughs> I'm just, right. I, mean, I watched a lot of wrestling over the weekend. I'm trying to be included. <laughs> <laughs> you had right, that one. So you had that one in the back pocket, didn't you? you had I that, did. Right? I did. I had that one. I had in the back pocket. The other one was a little bit more off the cuff. So, um, just putting it out there. Uh, we're all friends. Don't worry, listeners at home. We're all going to be okay. Hopefully, I won't die in the Pittsburgh Steelers hill, but I can actually feel it bubbling up inside me already. All right, okay. let's move back over to the wait. Which one did we just do? Just did AFC. So let's move back over to the NFC team, and then you. This should be your last division, I think. So tell me, uh, tell me what's going. So we'll, we'll just keep with the same theme, going from uh, bottom to to top. So so I'm actually going to flip this, and Joe, if you have to. So push back, then push back. But I'm actually going to flip Arizona and the Rams. I think the Rams will finish third and, the, and Arizona finishes last, maybe from, just from a tiebreaker standpoint. Um, I, I think I'm the only – what I mean, Mike, for a, a part of the season last year, was a Matt Stafford supporter because he had Detroit winning ex, you know, a certain amount of games. But I am a Matt Stafford guy. I thought Matt Stafford – I wanted him to come to New England, but I think I made that known in our chat. I've said it on online to people. Like, I'm a Matt Stafford. My apologies. I, I think he's a pretty good – 
uh, QB. Obviously, you know, he didn't do much in NFC North, but I, I just think he could play. So I had them flip-flopping. So I got, you know, Arizona finishes last, and then L.A. would be, you know, will be in third, and then uh, Joe can give the last two teams. I, I love this division for that reason because Matt Stafford is a better uh, – I don't want to say athlete – better quarterback and a better football mind than Jared right. Goff. And if Jared Goff could do what that with that team what he did – uh, Matt Stafford will be better. So I'm fine going with the Rams uh, third and, and Arizona in fourth. I do think Arizona, I like Cliff Kingsbury. I, I think we all kind of got on him when he was like, oh, you can bring your cell phones into meetings and it's cool, man. Like we're the cool hip team. I'm the cool dad. That, and that that's kind of what he came in there. And that's fine. It's great. But I, I think this division is going to be competitive this year. And I think, uh, Ray, we, we can agree. We'll flip the records. I, I think Arizona goes eight and nine. Uh, and I think the Rams are nine and eight. This yep. is the tightest division we have. Uh, because at the top, uh, in second, we then have San Francisco uh, at 10 and seven. Because if they can't win with Jimmy Garoppolo, they'll win with Trey Lance. Uh, I think that team is good. Uh, I don't think they're as good as the team above them, but I think they'll be fine. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is a good coach. He's a good NFL coach. I don't think Jed York and um, the owner and John Lynch, the GM, do as much as they could out there, but I think they're getting there, and I think that's a start. Uh, I think the Jimmy Garoppolo saga is not over, uh, but I don't think it matters anymore once that week one game kicks off it, it doesn't matter and if it, whoever's under center is what it's going to be and jimmy garoppolo may be the next uh andy a version of andy dalton in the nfl and he just bounces around or nick Foles or whatever i mean if he can't stay healthy he's carson Wentz. uh and then winning the division uh at 12 and 5 we have the seattle seahawks uh a lot went on this this offseason with uh with russ but as long as Russell Wilson, it's kind of kind of to me. Uh, Russell Wilson is to me what Rayshon said uh, Aaron Rodgers is to him. Uh, as long as Russell Wilson is in that division, it's his division to lose. Uh, and him and Pete Carroll go together like you know spaghetti and meatballs. Uh, I was trying to think of something from Big Daddy, but spaghetti and meatballs will work. Uh, Twelve and five is their spot. I think that's a good team. I, I think. They have the weapons, and I think they they have the means to go out and and win the division and make a run. Yeah, I'm I'm just here for DK Metcalf having a monster season again. Like I think he is on a different level, and the connection they've had from day one is just phenomenal. Hopefully, speaking of running, hopefully he he continues to finish the run and not have players like he did last year, where having a touchback when that should have been a walk in touchdown against Dallas last year. Um, he made it up by chasing down Buda Baker. Yeah, yeah, that that was listen. Man, that like that. I mean, I thought the Ben Watson one against Chan, with Chan Bailey years ago was crazy. Like that surpassed that. Like that that was un unreal. Uh, even Buddha Baker was looking back at him like, "Oh, are you are you are you are you serious?" So yeah, that was great. But yeah, like but you I, you said it right. Russell Wilson's the man in, in that division, and they they should win that going away. All pretty fair. I feel I feel like you guys are pretty fair to those teams. I would have disagreed harder about the Rams. I just I feel like. Cam Akers going down. I think he's a stud. I think like that's going to be such a oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot it's going to be hurt. such a big deal in the, in their offense. And I I don't know if I don't know if that coach and staff has the nous to really put it together this late. Losing losing him definitely for the whole season this late. Good credit to the Seahawks. I just think it's like there's a lot of much ado about nothing with that Seahawks team. And let me ask Bobby and Mike this for their rebuttals. 
Russell Wilson, obviously there was rumors of him leaving, like you guys sort of touched on in that last section. I wanted him before we got Justin Fields for obvious reasons. Russell Wilson, very good quarterback. Is there a feeling that the Seattle Seahawks, even though like these guys think they're going to win the division, I'm not sure how you guys feel. Is there a feeling they're kind of also rans at this point? Like they sort of come and produce the same above average to very good season every season and then sort of wash out by the time playoffs come. And is that, is that a fair assessment? Do you think? And like, at what point does it fall on Russell Wilson? If that is the case, Mike? Uh, I, I think that, that the Seahawks, if they do not have a well-rounded offense, like meaning that if their rushing attack is not as good as their passing attack, that they're not a great team. So this literally depends on on, on the rushing game. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how you feel, Bobby, but Russell Wilson, I think, is an elite NFL quarterback, of course. But he relies – that scheme relies on the fact that you need to have a play action because his strengths are what he does after the play action out of the pocket and what he can do with DK Metcalf and and the rest of that team. So, yeah, I mean, we had Seattle winning – well, you didn't, but we had Seattle winning the division (laughs) last year uh, pretty handily. Uh, I think that this year that they're absolutely the front runner. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest difference coming out of Seattle this year is the new uh, offensive coordinator. They got rid of Brian Schottenheimer and brought in – uh, Shane Waldron, who's the old offensive coordinator for the Rams. That's going to make the biggest difference over there. They're going to rely way more on Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf and Lockett rather than that running game like you saw them at the end of the season. So the Seahawks are definitely the team that beat in the division. I'm going to go opposite of what I went last year and say the only thing I disagree with you guys is the 49ers. I just don't see their direction right now. Any team to me that has a quarterback controversy like imminent and there's no clear answer between the two like neither one of them give them a solid answer to me it's just it's asking for trouble and i i just don't think the 49ers is a second place team bobby would you have the same opinion of the new england patriots with the quarterback quarterback controversy yes i do i i just think when there is no clear cut answer to your quarterback situation you're asking for trouble from your team because the one thing that's going to run your team and run your offense and make that offense consistent week to week is knowing that you have confidence in your quarterback and the plays that he sees and what he sees in the field. And when that quarterback has that doubt in his mind, I just think it leads to trouble. Well, now you got me doubting where we put the 49ers. Thanks, Bobby. Right. I just think the, the Rams and the Cardinals are better. So I, I put the 49ers last, but the rest of it, you know, it is it is a tough thing because I don't even really think it's the quarterback's confidence that you worry about when you have those quarterbacks by committee and like unsureness. It's the fact that you can't tell your offense who their leader is. And like, if you go into a, if you go into a season where these guys that, you know, for all intents and purposes have rallied the majority of them have rallied behind Jimmy G before. And I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. Like maybe they're playing the long game, but I actually do agree with Bobby about San Francisco. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be that good either though, because I think it's a Kyler Murray slump year, but sorry, go ahead. Yep. I was, uh, b- before we go on, I-, I just think that you can't argue with the stats that Jimmy G puts up when he does start. Yeah. He's a really winning quarterback. And and as far as the quarterback controversy goes, not to have some infighting here with Bobby, I, I understand what he's saying, but both of those quarterbacks play within the, the exact same system, right? They're, they're not intrinsic- intrinsically different. So they will be doing the exact same thing in that system for San Francisco. So it's not like they're asking different things of the offense. So I do think that uh, 
I, I listen, Jimmy G, great. He, I, I think when he plays, he, he's excellent. The question mark is, can he play a full season? He's done it once. I think Trey Lance has shown you some spurts. So I think in that vein, you can't really lose if you're the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, I agree with you in that sense, Mike, in the sense that like if you start Jimmy G and you call Jimmy G your QB1 until he inevitably goes down and then you let the let that inevitable injury solve your problem for you, I'm just not 100% sure they're going to do that. I disagreed until you said intrinsically. And then I was completely behind what you said. So. <laughs> I like to fool you a trickery with my big vocabulary. What happens there if that never happens, Dave? Like you, you have Jimmy G and they're like, all right, we're going to start him because he's the guy. He's the guy we're paying $25 million a year. Uh, and then in the back of their mind, obviously they're not going to say that to Jimmy. Like, hey, you're the guy until you get hurt and then Trey's the dude. Like if he never gets hurt and plays all 17 games. Great. Trey Lance is on a fucking rookie contract. Who gives a shit? Just like stash him on the bench. But then it goes back to what, what now I'm going back to what Bobby said of like, all right, but you still have that conversation because Trey Lance has played so well in his rookie season in, in, in preseason. So now you have the same conversation in 2022 that you have in 2021 of, all right, well, yeah, he played well last year, but now we got this second year quarterback that looks really good. Now you, I mean, you're not getting into time. Well, then you, but then you have a good problem at that point, right? Because you have an embarrassment of riches. You have a Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers situation. You just get value from one of them. At least at least in this situation, it's not like a lot of different teams that we've talked about tonight. At least you can turn around and Jimmy Garoppolo and go, listen, we drafted a guy that could potentially take your job because of course we fucking did. You can't stay healthy. He's got to understand that on some level. It's not him versus the 49ers. It's him versus his own body. So like he, I think if they make sure that it's his job to lose and he probably will because he can't stay healthy, then I I think it's fair enough. You know, I think it's a fair enough move. I, I, I think it would have been, it would have been ridiculous to just keep betting on his injury record. You know, you can't blame the 49ers to do what they did. They just have to make the right decisions from this point forward and try their best, both PR wise and like within the, the camp to alleviate the pressure of the idea of somebody breathing down someone else's neck. It's like, Trey, you got a lot of years left ahead of you. See, Joe, if that happens, though, his stock will be so high that because the Patriots are so bad, they'll trade like a first round pick for him. They're not so bad. What are you smoking? What the hell is what? Listen, all right. I had to. I'm sorry. You just totally pulled the mic. (laughs) Bobby, just remember that at their worst, the Patriots were finished at the exact same record as as the Cowboys. Listen, it was there at their worst. I'm sorry. I had to. At their worst. No, that's all fair. All fair. Not to go down the Patriots fold again. (laughs) But I will say, I was really clamoring for the first person to be like, maybe Jimmy G should come to the Patriots because we haven't had that conversation (laughs) enough times. All right. Moving on, moving on to the last (laughs) division, and we are running out of time. So thankfully, this is the last division, not because I haven't had fun, but because this is not going to take very long. Uh, Guys, tell us about the AFC West. Tell us why the Chiefs are going to win it. Two sentences or less, because I'd be surprised if you get more. And I guess, I I don't know. I mean, I'm going to try not to talk shit about John Gruden when we go through this division, but like, I don't know. No promises. Go ahead. All right, Bobby. Broncos 7 and 10. Is that okay with you? Seems high. Seems high, but yeah, we'll go. That's fine. That gives you five and 12. That's fine. Raiders, nine and eight. That gives you seven, that, that, that gives you seven and 10. No, I actually, I, I don't hate Who the Raiders. Who are these nine year. teams the Raiders are? Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait till the end. I'll wait till the end. <laughs> I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with nine and eight. I'm okay with it. I have the Chargers at 10 and seven. I want 
because because of the two win rule, I'll give it to you. I think the Chargers are better than that this year. I love Herbert. I love Justin Herbert. Do you think that they're better than twelve wins? No, I don't. So well, we'll take it. I'll take it. All right, it. and then I I have the Chiefs at fifteen and two. Ooh, that's der- I I was gonna argue that, but you you went up on me with what you sent me. All right, fifteen and two. Let's go. Absolutely. This this is Patrick Mahomes' league, and we're all just watching it. That that's yeah. just how it goes. So, I think I, I think the Chiefs run away with this division, fifteen and two. I I do think now because of what Bobby said about the Dolphins and the Patriots and the Chargers, that the Chargers will probably sneak into that that last playoff spot with a ten and seven. I I, I love Justin Herbert. I, I love what he does. I love what he brings to that team. I love Austin Eckler as their as their uh, as their RB one. So. Yeah, but in reality, the AFC West starts and ends with the Chiefs 15-2. and two. Wow. I mean, pretty straightforward. I think we can all sort of agree with most of what you said. I think the thing I'm going to obviously need to focus on is how the um, Oakland Raiders beat nine teams on the schedule that I'm looking at right now. Like- Las Vegas. La- Las-, Las Vegas Raiders. Right, the Las Vegas Raiders, whatever. It's, it's still Oakland to me, damn it. No, I just, I no, I'm genuinely curious. They have, they have a, they have a very, very stupid man as their head coach, and they don't have any good players. So I'm just wondering why they feel like a team that starts five and two. So they're going to beat the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Niners. They will beat the Dolphins. They, oh, they might beat the Ravens. Oh man, I hope you guys are wrong. The Bears play them this year. Yeah, yeah. I, listen, I, well, I think Lamar's trash. So yes, I do believe that, but, but <laughs> I, I don't think that's indicative of how good the Raiders. Trash are. is a little extreme. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it well, goes yeah, too far. Yeah, he's still a poor. Listen, he's still a poor man's Michael Vick. I think early in the season, and honestly. Not to get political, we don't know what, what his status is. So what if he leaves the confines of the NFL testing facilities and he has to miss five days of, of either practice or a game? Who knows what Lamar does? But I do, what? I do think twice. Twice. I, I, he, it could be three times. Yeah, you want to know? You yes. want to know the last time he got uh, he got COVID? He got COVID three days before we were supposed to shoot that commercial I did with him. <laughs> And I was like, thanks, Lamar. And I, everybody was like, Lamar got COVID, so he's not going to be here. I was like, no, no, no. He already had COVID. They were like, yeah, you got it again. How fucking dumb do you have to be? You don't get to get it twice. I'm sorry. You get it like, fool me once. Like, Jesus Christ. The Raiders feel like a team that could start, that, that could start like five and three, that could start five and three or six and two, and then finish two and seven or, or three and eight. That, that's just what John Gruden does. So, yeah, nine and eight. I, I will defend nine and eight to the hill. Yeah. John Gruden does that. He also pushes when the door says pull and pulls when the door says push because he's a dumb, dumb man. <laughs> but uh, I'll let you guys rebut as the last rebuttal of the night. So make it count. Spider Y to banana. banana. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think there, I don't agree with Dave that, uh, and I understand his uh, inherent hatred for John Gruden and I, I respect it, uh, but there, he is the third, he is the second worst coach in the AFC West. And the first is Vic Fangio. Uh, I think the Denver Broncos, they have, I don't think Drew Locke is a, I mean, they have a quarterback controversy too. It's Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. It's not a, I mean, it's not a great quarterback controversy, but it is nonetheless. I think both of those guys are good enough to play for that team, Uh, but they're absolutely the bottom of the barrel there. I agree with you guys with the Raiders at nine and eight. I think um, looking at the roster, 
they brought back most of what they had. And I mean, they have Darren Waller and they have Henry Ruggs uh, and, and they have, uh, I mean, you know, they, they have a good set of offensive weapons. I think something bad would have to go, would have to happen for them not to start the season five and three or, or, you know, somewhere around 500. And then I'm going to echo what Bobby just said. I love Justin Herbert. I love Justin Herbert. I I love, I I think Brandon Staley has a job to do out there as he crosses over uh, from the, uh, the Rams offensive coordinator to the chargers head coach. But if he did for the Rams, what he did again, I I said it before, if the chargers can do with uh, Stafford, uh, I'm sorry, the Rams can do with Stafford what they did with Goff. Brandon Staley is going to have a field day with uh, Justin Herbert uh, in the other locker room across SoFi Stadium. I really like them. They're nowhere near uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, but I think you, you guys are spot on here. You know, the one thing I would disagree with you about there, Joe, is that you said he was the second worst coach in that division. He's actually the third worst coach in the NFL. He's got the third most losses of anyone in the NFL. Guess who's ahead of him? Bill Belichick and Andy Reid, because they both played like a billion games. <laughs> John Gruden fucking loves, loves, loves to lose football games. It's one of his favorite things. Dude brushes his teeth with losing football games. And the only spicy sauce that he likes to add to losing games is losing games hilariously by saying, doing and saying dumb things. He's so bad. <laughs> you can't walk into a Super Bowl in Tampa everywhere you go, unless it's Tampa Bay when you come in behind Tony Dungy, who is one of the best offensive minds of all time. Listen, I get that he was a laugh when he was on TV t- trying to pretend like he knew anything about football, but like now the people's paychecks and fandoms are on the line. Okay, this is serious. You can't give somebody that much responsibility that has that low of an IQ. Listen. I feel like DK's best friend is a Raiders fan or something. Like, <laughs> he just, I, I don't, I don't. No, I, honestly, <laughs> I'll tell you know what I, you know where you know where it comes from. I'll tell you exactly where it comes from. You remember his like quarterback corner thing that he was always on TV doing. I, when I was in college, the five guys I lived with, uh, we were six of us in a house, and there was just some weird shit in the water that made them all just be like, "Man, we love John Gruden." I was the lone voice uh, uh, hating John Gruden, and I had to watch him on TV because I didn't have enough. Uh, of a vote and having only like here the one six one sixth of the vote to get him off the fucking TV and turn on a different channel and watch a different game. And I had to just listen to the idiocy that comes from that man's brain to mouth to my precious ears who have better things to be doing. Ray, what do you think? What do you think of their predictions uh, in that division and were they being at all disrespectful to any teams? Obviously, you know, there's the obvious winner here. It's, you know, that's, we yeah, all know. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs, I mean, I'm glad that, you know, we still respect the Chiefs. I mean, I, I think I had it like a 15 and one last year and we did it. So that's not far off. They they should be winning that much unless they just choose to rest players at the end. I mean, I, I got to give Bobby his, his credit. I mean, he, he was on the Herbert train early. He said it was last year. He said Herbert's going to be uh, the guy at number six. I was like, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just didn't trust the guys from Oregon. Um, he had a hell of a rookie season. So, I mean, we'll see how, you know, how he fares when teams actually have more tape against him. And honestly, this, this, you know, I'm going off something that Mike always says about a guy that we just signed here in New England, Hunter Henry, who talks about he's, uh, and I quote, made of glass. Well, guess what? So are the LA Chargers as a team. 
So there's no way they're going to win 10 games because they're not going to stay healthy to win 10 games. And it doesn't matter how long, how good Herbert's going to be or not going to be like, I just think they're not going to have guys that stay healthy because they never do. So I, I just, for that fact alone, it will be either the Rangers or someone else that jumps them up for second place, but they're all fighting for second place when they're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. But I just can't give, I can't give uh, LA that much credit knowing that they're going to have key guys out for most of the year, unfortunately, because that, that's just, it just seems like a second nature down there or out there, I should say. Wow. That was a marathon, guys. We did it. We predicted the records of every single NFL team. Some fair, some less than fair, some dead on balls accurate. Like when uh, Bobby said that the Patriots weren't going to be good. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. They're going to be so good. I'm so sorry. I think we have a fun NFL season to look forward to. There's obviously a lot of cool talking points, uh, a lot of things to be arguing about. And I think you're going to hear the sentences. You said verbatim in the prediction show a lot of times, but thankfully, you know, Mike didn't sacrifice himself with a ludicrous division take this year. You know, he was really doing the Lord's work last year, just trying to create controversy and talking points. So we're going to have to pick up a little bit of the slack next season um, or this coming season, I should say. So thank you to team. uh, I don't know who's who team AFC, Bobby and Mike. Thank you to team NFC, Rayshon and Joe. Thank you to all the wonderful listeners at home for myself, our producer, Craig, This has been Missing the Point. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B, and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid.